a little bit late and then I'm just now setting up here. Um, if I record video, is that okay with you? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'll record here in just a second, but yeah, thanks for, um, being on the podcast. I'm excited to talk with you guys. I'm excited about your organization. Um, do you have any questions for me before we get started? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, I'll start recording here. Okay. Awesome. So how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Um, I'm Owen Begley Collier. Um, I'm a volunteer with um, an organization called Snake River Savers that's trying to get the Snake River dams breached um, right now through the Biden infrastructure package. Um, I'm the lead of our events in public education realm where we organize um, events for stuff like grassroots action, um, education events, and I've also organized a couple events um, on my own. Awesome. That's really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of your organization? Yeah, so we are a part of uh, the Endangered Species Coalition. Um, we started just, just a couple months ago um, during COVID, and um, we have multiple realms. We have um, the media realm, which does social media and letters to the editor and stuff like that, events in public education. Um, which is my realm, and then um, recruitment and engagement, um, which tries to get more people involved with the issue and Snake River Savers. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what inspired you guys to start this organization? Um, well, we, we saw what was going on with the Salmon and the Orcas, and we have, um, I, I think, like a, a, a pretty committed base of people who are involved with this issue. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it certainly isn't a small movement, but it's definitely also not mainstream. Mm -hmm. And with how many people are like impacted with this, um, like it, it should be mainstream. Like it, it deserves to be um, a big regional issue. And our goal is to try and uh, create the political backing to get it to happen and make this more mainstream. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a key component of it. I think at this point, we've done enough like studying it to figure out that it does need to go down. Um, what do you guys see like are the benefits to removing the lower Snake River dams? Um, well, well, first of all, obviously the orcas mm -hmm. and the salmon. Um, but we've also worked together with um, some some tribal people on um, events and stuff and on this issue. Um, and they're some of the, the people that are, that, that have the most at stake here. Mm -hmm. Um, the dams are violating their treaty rights. Um, and their, their culture is basically being lost, mm -hmm. um, because of these dams. And then obviously also the economic benefits of having a free flowing snake river and all that good stuff. For sure. Um, so I see that you guys host like a lot of, um, like letter writing parties, which I've been meaning to go to one, but my schedule is so busy. Um, so can you tell our listeners like a little bit about that and what you guys do with those? Yeah. So, um, right now we're actually having a week of action where we have a whole lot of, um, these kinds of events. Um, but we, we basically help people, 
um, write letters to their legislators and make phone calls to them. Um, like if they have any questions, we can um, answer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give people the information. We try and um, give people feedback and get them like well versed in the issue. Uh, and then also letters to the editor, um, which we've actually had a few of those published, um, where we basically do the same thing, um, but then send those to um, newspapers and things like that. Okay, so a letter to the editor would just be like for the press mostly? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so why do you encourage people to write letters? Um well, that, that's one of the, the most effective tactics. Like we've seen time, time again, politicians doing um, a, basically like a, a 180 on uh, certain issues um, because there are so many um, letters being sent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's hard to know like how many need to be sent. But um, one of the things that like inspires me is like... Um, we could just be, you know, one phone call away and we just need to keep pushing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was an episode that came out, well, the one that came out today, actually, on the day we're recording. Um, Brian Jenkins talked about, like, one of those, like, quarter machines where there's, like, a bunch of quarters and you keep sticking one in and then eventually there's one that makes all the quarters fall. So I yeah. think that that's, like, kind of along the same lines of what you're saying, which is awesome. Um, what tips do you have for people who want to write letter or letters and who should they be writing? Yeah. So I think one of the important things right now that a lot of these politicians don't seem to be getting is that this is like a very immediate crisis that needs to be dealt with this year. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, you know, our main targets, which are Murray Cantwell and Congressman Derek Kilmer, since we think that he's um, one of the likely people to actually draft some legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they're, they don't necessarily deny the science that the dams need to come down. Um, but they say things like, oh, we, we need to wait for um, the, you know, for governor's process, which is great, but it's going to take a very long time to yield any results or we need to talk to more people or we need to do this and that. Um, but now is the time to, to do something with the information is here. Um, and you know, we're not against collaborating, but it has to be proactive. It has to be on something that's actually going to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're totally right. The time is now, um, so we just launched a campaign, um, Brian Jenkins and Gloria Pankrazi and I about like, you know, trying to get the, um, dams removed with the new infrastructure bill. Um, and it's awesome that you guys are trying to do this. So let's just all be on one bandwagon. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. but, um, why do you think that it's important to go through this, um, specific bill that's on the table right now? Yeah, I, I think it's important because this issue's gone on for so many decades and mm-hmm. um, our elected leaders have just kind of, you know, kicked the can down the road. Um, but now th- this might be the best opportunity that has happened in, like, like ever in, yes. in this campaign. Um, so if, if the dams are going to come down, I think now is going to be the time uh, since the Northwest delegation is more powerful than it's ever been. Um, We have a president that's um, trying to listen to tribes and 
value environmental justice, um, the stars are really aligning to get this to happen. Yeah, I think so too. And then, you know, we did see that Mike Simpson from Idaho proposed the removal, which obviously there are some issues with what he proposed, but like, that's pretty huge because he's conservative and Republican and like, it's really unexpected. So I think you're right. Like the stars are aligning. We just got to put the work in, you know, we got to keep throwing quarters at it. Um, which is like, I think we can do it. Um, do you like, cause I'm not sure how long the bill is going to be in place. Do you guys have a timeline on when you're trying to get people to get letters in by? Um, I mean, as soon as possible, basically, because, um, like, we're not talking, like, a timeline of, you know, years or even months, like, this is the next few weeks that they're, they're planning on getting this, um, or not, not necessarily passing within the next few weeks, but the timeline to start drafting legislations within the next few weeks, um, so, yeah, basically, as soon as you can. Yeah. And there's even a chance that by the time this episode comes out that that bill could no longer even be on the table anymore, you know? So we need people to act now. And if it already passed, well, then keep writing people to remove the dams now anyways. Um, That's, yeah, that's a a good thing. I think that it could happen. Um, Like, we definitely have more momentum than we've ever had, I think. And, like, a lot of people have been putting a lot of work into this for years. Um, so are you guys located out of Washington or where is your organization? Um, well, we're from all over the Northwest. We're not really, um, since this started during COVID, that sort of allowed us to um, have people from Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and beyond yes. work on this. So um, I, I don't, we're, we're not necessarily based in one specific place. We're, we're all over. For sure. Let me grab my dog real quick. She's crazy. Hash? Come here. Sorry about that. She'll just like keep going off unless, unless I get her. Um, Awesome. So you guys are all over. So, okay, are you a high school student? Yeah. Okay, you look like a high school student. I didn't want to, like, I was like, I'm not sure how old he is. So is it mostly high school students that put this together? Um, it's, um, I'm easily the youngest one. Or actually, there are a couple of people that are about my age. So I'm not sure if I'm the youngest one, but I'm one of the younger people there. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'd say it's mostly college students, but it's, um, Basically, my age up seems to be the the general demographic. That's cool. Um, That's, like, really awesome. I really like um, Gen Z a lot. I feel like you guys are just, like, on top of things. And you're like, there are issues that we need to take care of. And you guys are very positive and proactive. Um, And, like, I have Liam on here, and he's a high school student. And then I just had Olivia on as well. And she's a high school student. And, like... You guys are just getting things done. I love it, you know? Um, That's awesome. So, um, you know, you recommend that people write letters. What else can we be doing to push for the removal of the Lower Snake River dams? Um, The way I like to put it is generate and show as much public support as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things um, I did was... um, 
one phone banking, which you can do through um, some organizations. It's kind of nerve wracking, but it gets a lot of people to um, send letters. And then also um, like a letter writing campaign um, where you give people the uh, like the, the things that they can say and all that kind of stuff and the resources to write and encourage them to do so. Um, yeah, I think um, it, it's easy for people to, you know, like sign a petition or send a letter or something like that. Um, but we feel like there's um, not quite enough of like um, a, a, a way to um, not only be mobilized, but to organize. So like actually organizing a letter writing campaign or getting um, a protest to happen or something like that. Um, so, so we want to give people the ability to not only be a part of the ripple effect, but to um, cause this sort of ripple effect. Absolutely. Um, have you received any pushback from people saying that they don't want the dams to go down? Um, well, I mean, obviously the movement as a whole has received some pushback from, you know, a lot of the, the politicians in Eastern Washington and stuff like that. Um, Derek Kilmer, we, we, we've seen like sometimes where he's, um, you know, just given his like very politician-y response, like this needs to be driven by the best science. Uh, um, and when he's like continuously asked about it, like you can, you, you can tell that he, it's starting to get to him, which we like that, that could be a good thing. Um, but it might also, um, be a bad thing, but we, we, yeah, we need to keep pushing. True. Uh, that's so interesting that you bring that up. Um, cause I did an episode with, um, Kelly who did the study, um, her and like one of her students did that study on the mixed emotions around orca conservation. And yeah. she talks about, um, needing to kind of bring emotional awareness to the forefront of the conservation movement because, I mean, I'm assuming when you say that you're getting to him, that's some sort of like emotional response there. Um, So I don't know. I feel like with the politicians, we do have to remember that they're in hard spots and like, you know, approach them with kindness and patience. I think we need to approach everyone with kindness and patience and not like, you know, shame politicians for quote unquote doing the wrong thing. Um, But like, I don't know. I, I definitely think more emotional awareness would get us a lot further in this because there does seem to be a lot of emotional reactivity as opposed to like objectively looking at like, okay, like it literally makes yeah. so much sense to remove these dams. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's sort of a hard line to balance on. You don't want to alienate anybody. You want to work with them, not against them. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you like talk to these people, it's important to remember to not get too angry because it, it, it is easy to get angry. Um, but you want to, you know, like thank them for the stuff that they've already done and then say, but you need to go further. Absolutely. And I think it's just like basic accountability, you know, yeah. of like, you should be doing this and like, there's nothing wrong with accountability. And I think, you know, humans just don't like that in general. They don't want to be held accountable, you know, cause it's awkward yeah. and uncomfortable, but you know, when you're in that sort of position, you're going to be, and like, that's just part of it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, when writing our, our politicians, it's important to remain courteous. And like you said, show gratitude for the things that they have done. Like Mike Simpson, for example, I feel like a lot of people saw his thing and immediately were like, 
no, no, no. And I was like, no, this is great. Like, it's not yeah. perfect, <laughs> but this is like a huge step, a bigger step than we have made. And like, we need to like show up for him because that's like hard that he even suggested that, you know, like there are yeah. people too. Like, yeah, they are in like this position of politicians and we have a, we kind of other them in a sense of like, oh, you know, they're giving their political response or whatever, but they're still humans at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, amazing. So um, once, you know, this, bill goes through potentially hopefully fingers crossed um what is do you think is going to need to happen like once the dams are down if they do go down um well i think we're gonna have to um you know make make sure that people don't go away once that happens because um you know we we don't want to give people a false sense of security because it's not a silver bullet oh no Um, yeah we're gonna have to address multiple issues um you know, like the Fraser River, um, which is collapsing, and um, a whole bunch of other runs. Um, yeah, I think we're especially going to have to take a hard look at fisheries management because historically, those are that that's the the kind of issue that's been blown over, even by you know some of the environmentalists. Um, but you know, something has to be done there too. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're right. And that's definitely been a theme. Like every scientist that I've talked to has said the same thing of like, there's no one issue. Like there's a bunch of issues. It's, you know, the lack of prey, the noise pollution and the pollutants and the whales. And so like, we have to address all those things. And I think you're totally right. Like, there's so much focus on the dams, because I think it's the easiest, like, like one task to like, just get done and like we can you know remove these dams and it can have a a pretty large impact but you're totally right not a silver bullet and I've had the same fear too of like if we do get them down we still need people to like keep going you know yeah um and the whales like you know it's all about the whales at the end of the day I think sometimes that's another thing people forget is like we're here for the whales and of course like the salmon and, and the indigenous people as well but I think most people at least most people that I've talked to started here because of the whales yeah is that what got you started in this, was the whales? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've been obsessed with orcas since basically first grade. Um, yeah, the, the whales are incredible. So where are you located then? Um, I'm from Seattle. Okay, so you've seen the Southern Residents, I'm guessing. Yeah, many times. Amazing. Um, tell us about your passion for orcas and kind of how that turned into what you're doing now. Yes, yeah, so um, basically... When I was in first grade, um, didn't really have, I was kind of a blank slate, like most first graders didn't really have a personality, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of liked all of the things that my older sister liked. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had a teacher who, um, liked whales a lot and would talk about the, the residents all the time. And then, um, of course I was like, yeah, I like whales too. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just kind of stuck throughout the rest of, um, my life. And then, um, at around third grade, I started an orca club, which where we would like watch documentaries about the whales and Amazing. a whole bunch of whale stuff. Um, doing like that, that fake blubber thing with like the plastic bags and meeting scientists. And that happened until, um, the school got mad at us cause we brought a life size version of Mike, of the whale Mike. In oh my school. God. <laughs> um, and then, uh, they got mad. So then we 
and then also I think we didn't like sign something that we had to sign to bring that in I don't I don't remember exactly what happened um, Probably because you were like a third grader, like, and don't have third graders don't know how to sign papers. I mean, I guess they do. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I sort of I, I tried to help as much as I could in like different ways. Tried to like raise money for the Center for Whale Research and stuff like that. Didn't really raise that much. And then I heard about the Navy testing that was going to happen. And I had been, like, researching all of these things where, like, the dams have been, like, so deeply ingrained into, like, people's minds that, like, even the the thought that they would ever come out is, like, almost unthinkable. But, um, you know, the Navy thing, at least at the time, like, it, it, it hadn't happened yet. So I was thinking, like, I can stop this at the source. Mm-hmm. So um, I organized a car caravan protest thing um, because COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that was um, outside of NOAA telling them to not approve that. Um, and then I tried to meet with some politicians and um, got to, like, talk with some of the people at um, Damn Sense over, like, a lot of our talking points and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, I asked them if there were any um, campaigns that were already happening that were, like, grassroots and that were allowing volunteers and they pointed me towards um the endangered species coalition snake river savers campaign um and then i joined them and organized stuff with that with them and then i actually met with um one of patty murray's staff that's awesome and how did that go um i think it went pretty well uh it it basically kind of confirms what i had already thought which is their like they're they're not really taking a huge stance they're kind of just you know listening yeah Um, but they they, got to do more than than listen yeah I think so too and like we don't have time anymore and it doesn't make any sense like so many people ask me like why are the dams still up and like there's no logical reason like because it's costing Bonneville Power Association money too so it's like what's the point like it maybe feels like pride at this point, or maybe there's like another component that there's not public information about that we don't know about, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Why do you think the dams are still up? Um, I think part of it is the fact that a lot of these agencies have almost like dug themselves into this hole where, um, you know, they've, um, and I mean, in fact, they didn't, like the Army Corps of Engineers didn't want to build the dams in the first place because they wouldn't be really economically viable until um, I think it was some like the Pacific Northwest Waterways Association or mm-hmm. something. I forget what the actual name is, but um, they pushed them into doing this. And then um, they basically had to stand behind these um, exaggerated numbers for like barging benefits and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, it's all about um, politics, not necessarily what makes logical sense. And they, they've they just been sort of continuously digging themselves into this whole study after study using numbers that are, um, you know, not really supported by basically every other economic, economic analysis outside of like the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, and they've just you know, been digging themselves into this hole and without political pressure and them being like, oh, I guess they have to come down. Um, I, I don't really think that they're going to um, budge. That makes sense. So do you think it's like, 
a shame thing at this point. Like, they're embarrassed that they, like, and maybe because that they feel like they've taken a stance that they have to maintain that stance. Yeah, I think it might be part of that. And they also um, don't want to admit that they've been, you know, lying this whole time because that wouldn't be good for PR. Right. And I think that if we, I don't know, had a culture that was a little bit more forgiving in like, yes, like wrongdoings have happened and they've been bad, but at the same time being like okay with the fact that like somebody's willing to try to make things right now. I don't know. I think that that could definitely help. I think that we could like, and I've even written that in letters before too of like, I know that this is a hard decision, especially since like, you know, um, it does seem like this hole has been dug essentially. Um, but like, we will support you and like, you know, we will admire you for this and like, you know, reelect potentially. So, but I think that, yeah, there, that human emotional component certainly plays a role. And I think the people aren't necessarily always aware of like why they stand their ground. But I, I definitely like when I talked to Kelly, she was talking about how people, like if they feel like it's something within their identity or something that's really big, they're more likely to become more concrete in the way that they're thinking. And like, if they're emotional, they're not going to listen to what you have to say, no matter how much logic you throw at them. And it in fact makes them more emotional, more concrete in their thinking. Yeah. You can't make it personal for any of these politicians because, you know, it's not all or nothing. They're not, um, you know, bad people. They're, um, you know, just making a wrong decision. And that's something that all people do. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it totally happens. Um, amazing. So can you tell us about some of your experiences with the orcas? Yeah. So um, every year, maybe like once or twice, I go to San Juan Island. Um, it, it used to be um, with this orca club camp out thing where we would rent out like a big campsite. Um, it wasn't necessarily the orca club. It was kind of just... Um, a lot of the, you know, people that Mm -hmm. I know, but they were were paying them, so they didn't really care. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen them, like, more times than I can remember from places like um, Lime Kill and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, it's, yeah, they're just incredible. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite whale? Um, I think right now my favorite whale is probably Tika, he was one of okay. the whales that came like super close um, one time and then just like kept going back and forth. And I think he might have actually jumped a few times next to the shore, which was pretty amazing. That's incredible. So, yeah. Tika's, we're, we're good friends. You guys are bros. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was telling my salsa partner, Dane, that um, I think my new favorite is Surprise's Baby, L125. And he told me yeah. that that was a lame whale. <laughs> I was like, it's just a baby. How do you know it's a lame whale yet? We haven't yeah. even gotten to know it. He's like, pick a better whale. Um, <laughs> I don't know that much about Tika, um, but that's it's, what pod is Tika in? Uh, I think, yeah, he's in K-Pod. Amazing. Oh, and also he was one of the whales that was like tagged, I think, and he showed basically where the Southern residents went. So he's, he's contributed to science. So that also makes him a good whale. That does make him a good whale. That's amazing. Um, that's awesome. Um, so what do you think we can learn from the whales? Um, I think what we can learn from the whales is, um, how to live with the natural world because, um, we, we've sort of, especially in the Western world or mainly in the Western world, we've let, um, our own ego drive everything. We think that everything 
is or like we, we see other cultures as like failed attempts at being us essentially um and you know all, all this bad stuff when we see nature as something to exploit but the whales show us that it's possible to um you know live in harmony with everything else um and i think if the whales can do it so can we i think so too how old are you um 15 you're 15 and this is already how you think are you kidding oh my god you're gonna just like go do some amazing things i think you're totally right on like the way that we view things and the role that ego plays and like we have to I think we have to look at that and like, you know, stop looking at just like, okay, what's the ecological value and the economic value? Like those things are important, but I think ultimately like those behaviors are driven by that ego that you're talking about, you know, and we're a part of this earth. I think it's so interesting that a lot of people, I feel like other themselves from nature or other themselves, like from other animals, they're like, I'm not, I'm different. And like, there are ways that we are different. Um, but like, ultimately we all do like rely on this, like rock floating around in space and we should take care of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to bite us in the butt if we don't, for sure. It is. And there's no time, um, like the present to do things. We got to get the dams down. We have to do other things. I think you're totally right. Like they, you know, they're resilient and they are a part of their environment and we need to, to learn from them. Do you have any final thoughts for people? Um, Create and show as much public support as you can. That's Absolutely. all I can say, I guess. Yeah. Um, and where can people find information about Snake River Savers if they want to get involved? Um, there is a page on the Endangered Species Coalition's website that um, explains sort of our team structure and what we do. Okay. And it also includes a link to um, join Snake River Savers, which if... Like, is it possible to, like, include something like that yeah. in like, the description? Yeah, we'll put it in the yeah. description um, so people can click on that, and we'll have a link in there um, where people can find right. it. Yeah, I can send that to you. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for being on here. Yeah, thank you.